Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Illini Pillow Saturday Sports Talk with you until 11 o'clock today. 356-9397 is the phone number. Lauren Tate is in the house as we are getting set to hear the Big Ten football schedule, which is scheduled to be released here in the next few minutes. Mr. Tate, it'll be interesting to see how things go here. Yeah, I want to see if we're going to start with Ohio State or we're going to have maybe go back into the uh, our own Western Division games early. I don't know. Uh, it would be pretty easy to take that previous schedule and just drop Indiana and play Illinois against uh, Ohio State and uh, Rutgers, and then they'd be 4-4 four and four in terms of home and road, and that would be an easy way to work that out unless they're going to make some massive change in it. It's going to be a what uh, will end up a nine-game schedule for everybody, eight games and then a plus one, as they call it, where the uh, divisions at the end of the uh, eight games will you'll play your corresponding uh, team in the other division, uh, one against one, two against two, the way that things uh, wrapped up. So it'll be kind of a uh, a Big Ten Super Bowl weekend with the with the big game, of course, being the one against the one. And uh, and of course, the one against the one will be played in in Indianapolis in a nice warm right. dome. I don't know where the other six games are going to be played. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. We've got Justin Spring standing by in just a couple of minutes. We'll talk about gymnastics with him. Also on the guest list coming up today, Illinois Offensive Coordinator Rod Smith will join us at 9.30 to talk some Illinois football. They're back on the practice field. Coming up at 10, Glenn Mason, former Minnesota coach, former Illinois assistant coach on the football field. He's now with BTN where he's a football analyst. He'll join us at 10. And then at 10.30, Jeremy, here's the first week of the uh, Big Ten schedule, Illinois at Wisconsin. How about that? They did change it. They did. We'll keep an eye on this for you. Nebraska at Ohio State, Michigan at Minnesota, Penn State at Indiana, Iowa at Purdue, Illinois at Wisconsin, Rutgers at Michigan State, Maryland at Northwestern. So Illinois is on the road at Wisconsin in the uh, first game of this coming football season. Playing the team that they upset with that fantastic rally and that great kick by McCourt last year. Keep in mind, Wisconsin's been uh, kind of shut down here for the last That's 10 true. days, almost two weeks now. That's true. They're, they're going to be a little bit behind. Yeah, they'll, they'll have time to catch up, but... Uh, uh, so that's the first week. We'll talk more about that uh, as we move along. Baseball scores last night. The Cardinals 
took two from the Pirates, six to five and seven to two. The Cubs beat Minnesota one nothing. The uh, Reds over the White Sox. The Sox clinching a day or two ago, clinching a spot in the playoffs. Cincinnati won seven to one. By the way, the Reds have won six straight games and are now 26 and 26 on the season, and just a percentage point or two ahead of the Cardinals for second place behind uh, the Cubs. Well, we figured this out right before the show started, and what it comes down to right now is with the one, two teams in each division going, being go, uh, in, in the playoffs, it stands right now the Cardinals are, are seeking one of two positions with four teams have a shot at those two positions. The Phillies, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and Giants are almost dead even, and uh, two of those four will advance. It is moving up on 9.05. We'll get back to this football talk as we get time this morning. Certainly plenty of time for that conversation. But Illinois uh, men's gymnastics coach Justin Spring is with us. He's on the line. Good morning, Justin. How are you? Morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Uh, talking a lot of uh, sports in these uh, different times, the pandemic times. And uh, let's get an update on on what's going on with your program uh, as we've seen a couple of gymnastics programs in the Big Ten uh, dropped in uh, recent weeks. But uh, give us an update on what you guys are doing right now. I'm actually standing up in the upper left corner, or up, I guess north northwest corner of Kenny Gym, trying to get out of the noise for my guys getting ready to practice here in about 20 minutes. Um, it was a cold ride in today, man. <laughs> um, so it's uh yeah we're just we're we're grinding through. I mean our team is is focused and dedicated as the world seemingly around them is just coming to just crashing down. You know I it's I think it's a really tough it's a tough time for them. You know is um you know I, when I first started coaching we had 24 teams and and now we have 15 and then we just had three drops. So we're gonna have 12 left. So for me and I think every athletic director has got to be asking the question. You know, how long do you continue to support when there's only so few programs left? And that, that's what that's what keeps me up at night, to be completely honest. And um, I hate I hate where, you know, Olympic sports are at in the NCAA model. They've just been just constantly, I mean, over the last 30 years, just getting, been getting crushed. And so I just, I feel for the kids that grew up and trained their whole lives for a sport to have the opportunity to compete at, you know, an NCAA college. But those opportunities are falling are, are, are crashing down. So it's it's kind of a tough time. Well, uh, uh, Justin, this is Lauren. What does what the, the NCAA stand in terms of the numbers that you must have in order to be able to compete? Well, there's an Olympic exemption. Um, and okay. there's quite a few sports that are sitting underneath that 40, maximum 40 sports required to be uh, competitive for the, you know an NCAA championship. So, we got that exemption passed back, and I think in the 80s sometime as the program started, uh, late, late 80s, um, to be able to continue to at least have the championship. So we're, I think we're safe from the eyes of the NCAA. The NCAA doesn't want to do anything that, that eliminates opportunities for student-athletes. That's just bad PR. The pro, they're letting the ADs to kind of take the, the spearhead on that one, unfortunately, just by letting the programs fade away. So, so how, how many will be in the Big Ten championship this year? Uh, seven. Okay, you still have seven. Well, uh, do you see anybody else that's on the verge of, of dropping? Oh, I have to mind my words here. Uh, I think that if you're a head coach of a men's gymnastics program, you should be very concerned about that. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I, I hate having that kind of perspective, but I can see, I look at it from both sides. Like, 
I think we're doing an amazing thing here and taking an Olympic sport and developing champions and molding great people, which is kind of the foundation of what I thought NCAA athletics was about. And now, you know, yeah, just, I don't know. But then I put my AD hat on for whatever. I have no experience there, but like I said, from the beginning, I think it's really tough when you've got so few programs left. So I, you know, I just, again, that's what keeps me up at night. Well, Justin, what's the situation with uh, high school competition, uh, particularly in the state? Are there, are there, as you uh, you're still in the business of recruiting, can you find enough players? Oh yeah, well, it's, and it's it hasn't been high school for a decade. Um, you know, I, I one of my greater accolades, I was the high school all around national champion. But um, after my senior year, um, they actually cut they cut. Um, high school gymnastics in Northern Virginia. And then that was a cascade effect. So I think only Texas and Illinois and maybe one other state have high school programs, but like so many Olympic sports, the, the, the grassroots isn't coming up from the high school program. It's coming okay. up from private clubs. Uh-huh. So, you know, there was, there was over a thousand kids at the national cha- junior national championships last year. So there's, there's an incredible amount of, of following. There's just not the opportunities that existed at the higher level. So, when you actually look at collegiate clubs, like RSO teams that compete for the national club championship, there's over a thousand club teams in the college systems. A thousand. And I think like 1,600 kids were at that national championship. So the following is there. The, 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 the pool is, is very deep still. There's just very few elite opportunities left. And it's just been dropping one by one almost every year. Talking to <clears throat> Illinois men's gymnastics coach, Justin Spring, how many women's programs are there in college? <laughs> I don't follow the women's system that much. I, I think they're around 70 to 80 mm-hmm. D1 programs. And they're at least at this point not being affected certainly as much as the men's side. Well, you've got Title IX, you yeah. know, um, proportionality issues when you're looking at dropping sports. And so, I mean, the one thing that, I, again, you know, like, so, you know, if you're going to, and, and again, I think that because we've been the one that's dropped, we're just, it makes sense to drop, right? So, because it's just, that's what's been happening over the course of the last 30 years. And in, in the late seventies, we had over, we had like a hundred, we had like a hundred programs and it's just been uh, an onslaught over the last, I guess that's 40, 50 years now. So we're, just, just, we're cumbersome. You know, the problem is the shared facility issues. We can't just roll a mat out like wrestling can and huff and call it a day. You know, we've got, we have a very dedicated sports-specific training facility. And I think the issue, you could solve that by engaging the community and making it a, a, a really successful, thriving business and, and bring in community members and have it be a, a training center for the community. Um, that's what a lot, I mean, that, that's where the, the, the model is profitable. Um, but I, know, I don't know if every AD is interested in that model because now you're kind of running a business out of a you know, Division One facility. Well, Justin, how many uh, members are on your team at this time, and when do you start uh, competing again? When do you, when's your first competition? Do you know that? Yeah. So, um, we, I mean, with football happening, that gave us a nice sigh of relief to believe that we'll have a season. We've actually been looking at virtual competitions this year. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> one of the few sport, we're one of the few sports in the world that could set up a, a live stream against another team in their venue while we're in our venue and have the judges judging from their house, the judging panel anywhere. And so we'd have instant access to the greatest judges in the country, and they can just tune into the live feed, and we compete against each other virtually. Zero risk, zero hazard, and almost zero cost. So 
Um, and one thing that would do is guarantee a season, right? So, so, so we've been per- pursuing that. The NCAA's kind of dug their heels in a little bit, saying, you know, they've got this bylaw that says the competition is two teams from different schools in the same venue. And so, for for whatever reason, we can't. You know, it makes perfect sense to be able to do it, but the NCAA is is kind of resisting a little bit, and they have to change that bylaw. But there's, I think there's a lot of bylaws changing under COVID circumstances, so we'll see what they do. Yeah, that's I hope it's, it's not the same experience, but I hope we get the chance to to compete come January. That's that's when we were supposed to start competing, and is there we're a con- little behind because we got no summer training. Sorry, Lauren. Well, no, I was just going to say, is there some concern about uh, travel and that sort of thing? I, I mean, I'm sure Josh Whitman's trying to save every penny you can at this point. Um, what wh- where do you expect to play if you don't do it virtually? Well, you know, if we eliminated, you know, any team outside the Big Ten, we are, fortunately, Illinois is kind of the epicenter of the, of the gymnastics programs. Uh, every place in the Big Ten, every place in the Big Ten that we compete, we drive, we bus. You know, our, our operating budget can, is like it's like $50,000. It's like it's a drop in the bucket for, our, for what we actually spend to travel and compete our athletes. And uh, when when would you start? What would be the starting date for the games? Uh, well, it's supposed to be the second week in January. I don't know exactly what that day that is, but that's when we've typically started to compete. So you so you would uh, need a, a a ruling on that. I mean, is is this uh, absolute, or do you have to wait for this to be cleared? That's a great question. I don't know. I think that we're all just preparing and trying to keep our guys focused all the while we need. You know, I think every sport's waiting on the green light and see if NCAA is going to clear competition moving forward for winter sports. So I don't think that it's, I don't think that's been approved yet, but again, with the approval of football, when there's physical contact, I, I can't yeah. imagine them not approving a sport where we're literally on completely different events, 10 feet away from 20 feet away from another team member. Yeah. The issue that becomes simply, our guys, you know, our training has been overhauled tremendously. It's been a true challenge, you know, keeping our, our living pods as the training groups, you know. So if you assume that the, the guys that live in the house with each other are sitting on the couch watching movies and sharing dinner, they're already contact. So we just we keep them in their groups. But then the other groups, the other team house, the other the freshmen that are at the dorms, you have to keep them in their own pods. And so um, that's been a challenge, making sure we're keeping distance. We have masks. We sanitize everything all the time. We've got mops with bleach solutions. So, we're, I mean, we're taking the utmost care to make sure we're not going to have a transfer of the virus in, in our facility at any given time. So I think we're doing a great job there. But as we move forward to competition, we're going to have to mix those pods up, you know, because we're going to make a lineup. <laughs> Guys are going to have to compete on the same event. So I think at that point we just assume that we've been really great quarantine for the first time ever. We're going to have to keep all the guys here through the holiday break and just keep everyone on lockdown. My team's been all in. I mean, they're very committed to this. They want the chance to compete more than anything. So have you had any uh, positive tests so far? We've had zero positive tests zero. so far. Okay. Hey, Justin, well, we appreciate your time. I know that uh, when you were thinking about becoming a coach, and I don't know that there is a coaching manual, but I'm sure it didn't have anything about how to coach in a pandemic. So this is this is all new to you, and keeping the guys motivated, I'm sure, is a – been an, uh, an extra task for you there's a lot weighing on these young men's brains and all young athletes right now i think have just got 
with the with the social movements going on and what's happening specifically within our sport, I think it certainly is weighing heavily on them. And I we've got incredible amount of resources here at Illinois to help them through that. Obviously the coaching staff, but mental health professionals and things like that. So we're doing our best. And again, I think the greatest thing for them was getting them back and allowing the team together engage on their mission and get you know get back to doing what they love, which is competing for a championship again. Well, good luck to you. Appreciate uh, taking time to visit with us. We'll let you get back to practice. Thanks for having me. Hey, Thank thanks, Justin. That's Justin Spring, Illinois men's gymnastics coach. Here's well, an update on the. That's a tough one, isn't it? It is. Twelve schools left in the in the nation, Division One competing for in gymnastics, men's gymnastics. Here's an update on the football schedule. As we mentioned, uh, going into the Justin Spring conversation, uh, Illinois opens. October the 24th, at least that weekend, we haven't seen the exact dates. So there, there's a, some talk about uh, games being on Friday night and maybe even on Monday night. But uh, Illinois will open at Wisconsin. And then on the weekend of October 31st, Purdue comes to Champaign. That'll be followed on November 7th by a home game against Minnesota. So the first three weeks of the uh, Big Ten schedule have been revealed. They're doing so uh, live right now on uh, Fox on their pregame football show. This is Illini Pedal Saturday Sports Talk at 917. We'll take a time out. We'll talk more about uh, Big Ten football and the schedule as it unfolds. Feel free to join us, 356-9397. We're back with more after this. Hi, this is Brian Barnhart. Join us on Monday night for Fighting Illini Weekly, 7 to 8 here on DWS. Among our guests, Barry Hauser with the Marching Illini and former Illini Kerry Davis. All of that Monday. Moving up on 920, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you here on DWS. 356-9397 is the phone number if you'd like to jump in. Thanks to Justin Spring for spending some time with us. We're talking Big Ten football, as the schedule is being released, one game at a time, and it's totally different than what we thought it would be or what it was the last time there was a schedule. That's right. It looks like they want to try to get the division games in first uh, with the likelihood that we won't play eight games this year, you know, leading into a playoff because there's bound to be – Steve, if you had a squad of 100 players and five of them were – positive you couldn't play five percent five players out of a hundred so it's very and and by the way illinois is playing at wisconsin if you if they had to play this week i would say wisconsin wouldn't qualify that'd be my opinion i don't think i think they've got more than five right now but of course i think that by the time we play them they'll have it all straightened out but uh, i one reason in my this is again just my opinion they moved this uh, starting time back one more week than I expected. I thought we'd probably start on October 17th, but I don't think Wisconsin and, and Barry Alvarez was in charge of that schedule. Right. And I don't think they felt like they would quite be ready. And they'll be ready on the 24th, but they're going to be behind most other schools. Nevertheless, they've got a very strong team, and they will probably be a favorite in, in the Western Division. So right now we know that Illinois will go to Wisconsin – Play back-to-back home games against Purdue and Minnesota. Haven't seen uh, Game 4 yet, but it looks like they're, as you mentioned, trying to get those division games top-ended there, top-loaded. Yeah, and then maybe if if you can't – maybe if, if let's say, the Wisconsin-Illinois game got called off on that date, I wonder if they would play it 
since it is a division game later in the season as opposed to the game that Illinois might have against the opponent from the other division. That could be, but there are no by open dates. No, uh, no. Scheduled in you'd this. Have to cancel, you'd have to cancel a game with the other division. It's going to be nine I, straight I, I, weeks. I don't know why I'm suggesting that they would do that, but it makes sense to me. I mean, I, I just think that the games you play in your own division should determine who plays in the playoff, not whether, how, whether you happen to be scheduled against Ohio State or on the other end, uh, Rutgers. That's not fair. I mean, it's not fair to the teams that have to play the better teams in the other division if you count that in the standings. And maybe that's part of the, the reasoning of it, that it appears that they're getting the division games played first. I think you, that's right. You'll have have those in there. You have six in the books. Yeah. So you have a pretty good chance of determining who the the, the two ones are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, um, again, this is our third schedule that we've seen out of the Big Ten. And I think I'm more surprised by this one than any of them. I just want to remind you, the last time we saw this schedule, six days later, the season was canceled. <laughs> so we, we had the schedule, the um, uh, alternated schedule, and then the cancellation or what turned out to be a postponement. As we're seeing elsewhere, Steve, this idea that you have to schedule a game a year in advance is just, <laughs> right. you know, it doesn't make any – you can schedule the games. There there are being games – right now there are game, games are being postponed. Two, I think, two I think today so far. Yeah, I think there's been like 15 overall or yeah. something, 15, 16, 17. I'm not sure how many it is now. But uh been approximately that many, and they can reschedule a week later if they're open. You know, you can you can schedule a game. What's the difference? There's no fans. No fans allowed, only parents. You know, that also will – effect in my mind start time for some of these games obviously they'll be working with tv but you don't have to worry about doesn't matter when they start get, getting the fans in and out whether uh-uh. it's a uh, rush hour time you can start a game at four o'clock easily yeah four five, five o'clock, o'clock and then play another game at eight o'clock exactly let's go to the phones three five six nine three nine seven is the number steve calling from princeton what do you say steve Hey, beautiful day. Glad we're going to play football in here now. But this one's for Lauren. And I'm going back memory lane because yesterday was my 68th birthday. And on that weekend when I was in high school, my mom would always buy me a new coat or shirt or something to wear because that weekend Illinois had thousands of high school kids, football players, buses, and they, I don't know if we got free tickets or if Illinois bought them and handed them out or a high school bought them out. But there was one weekend every year. It was always that weekend of my birthday. And I remember in 67, John Wright played, and they beat Pittsburgh 34-6. to The next year in 68, Kansas came, and Bobby Douglas at quarterback, and they beat Illinois 47-7. to And then my junior year, Washington State came to town, and they beat Illinois 19-18. to but I remember my senior year, Illinois was behind against Oregon, and they brought a hot-shot sophomore quarterback off in the second half, Mike Wells, and they rallied to beat Oregon 20-16. to I don't know if Lauren remembers any of those games or not. Well, I, I do remember that Washington game that they lost because I thought that was a game Illinois should have won. And uh, I do remember Kansas. It just seemed like – when Illinois played Kansas, they played the best Kansas teams ever. <laughs> and then as soon as they weren't playing them, Kansas wasn't any good in, anymore. You know, it's just kind of odd that way. And I don't know if you remember Mike Wells when he was a quarterback when they brought him in. 
Yeah, I, Wells is uh, was a longtime friend, and and uh, you know he he came back and was uh, he was selling jackets for uh, for the uh, Illini there right after he got out of school. And of course, he tried out with Minnesota, as I believe it was Minnesota, wasn't it, Steve? I think so. The Vikings, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, he he really didn't make it long term, and and um, but he was a he was a good quarterback. He was a good drop back passer. Yeah, but I just remember normal. bringing him in in the second. I just remember him bringing him in uh, in the second half from normal community, and it, you know he pulled that game out, and they won twenty to sixteen, I think, in the last minute or so. Yeah, well, you got a good but, memory. Uh, <laughs> when did Illinois do away with the, giving those tickets out to high school kids and football players and buses for that one weekend? Do you remember that? No, I don't know that. I'm sorry. But that was always the highlight of my year. We got to go to Champaign for that Saturday weekend. All right, Steve, thanks for uh, taking the time to call. We appreciate it. And we'll hear who the third game is for Illinois now, or fourth game. I guess you're up to three now. Yeah, we've got three. We're waiting on number four. So, All right, enjoy listening to you. Yeah, keep listening. Thanks. 356-9397 is the number of the games. If you're just tuning in, Uh, We've got three games on the Illinois football schedule in the books at Wisconsin, Purdue at home, Minnesota at home. So we're looking uh, next for the weekend of November the 14th to see what uh, the action will be there. I've not been able to keep up with it quick enough to write down the whole schedule. I'm just focusing on uh, Illinois games. I haven't written down the other games on any particular Saturday so far. Here's the fourth week schedule. And Illinois plays at Rutgers on uh, November the 14th. So there's four games announced so far for the football schedule. Kind of figured Rutgers would be on there. That kind of blows our theory at, out of water. At <laughs> Rutgers and Ohio State home still looks like it to me. Yeah. Because in order to I, – I, they've got to have a, a four and four home and, home and road. I would assume they want that. I mean, I – it really doesn't matter when you when uh, you don't have crowd, but well, that's the first game against the other division. That's right. So it kind of blew our strategy of getting yeah, all the other ones. <laughs> I thought I thought all six would be, but so the first four games are at Wisconsin, Purdue at home, Minnesota at home, and at Rutgers. As the Big Ten continues to release these every ten minutes or so to keep us tuned in. But we'll talk more about uh, Illinois football and Big Ten football as well as offensive coordinator Rod Smith from the Illinois football team will join us after we take this time out as we approach the bottom of the hour. Keep listening and join us if you'd like here on Illinois Pella Saturday Sports Talk on DWS. Nine thirty-two, Illinois Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. We're with you until eleven o'clock. As usual, finally we're getting some football games and schedules to talk about, and we happy to welcome uh, to the program this morning Rod Smith, Illini Offensive Coordinator. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Doing tremendous. How are you guys? Good. We're watching along, as maybe uh, you are as well, with the uh, Big Ten schedule. At least, uh, I don't know, maybe you know the whole thing, but uh, we know four games so far at Wisconsin to start. Purdue and Minnesota at home, and then at Rutgers. Let's get your thoughts on, first of all, getting back to practice with a, a, a date in mind and now an opponent in mind. 
Yeah, it's, it's been good to get back out on the field, obviously, with our guys. I know our, our players are excited, our coaches are excited, so it's it's been a roller coaster so far of a ride for everyone. But, you know, hopefully we can get back to a little bit of normalcy. It's always good to get back out there on the practice field and get, get back to work. So what are you most uh, excited about? Obviously, with a firm date in mind, uh, hopefully to get the games kicked off. But uh, talk a little bit about the offense and, and what you see. Certainly an experienced group. Yeah, uh, obviously with the schedule just now coming out, at least for the first four, we're learning just as you guys do as well. Okay. We see it on Twitter, so we, we haven't told anything. We're kind of picking it up as you guys. So, um, But our, our guys are going to be, I know, excited. It, it don't really matter who we play. Um, it, it, it's a great uh, conference. It's a great schedule. So it, it's going to be a battle every weekend, week out. So it really don't matter. we got to come in and be ready to play every time. So, But our kids have been playing, I mean, been practicing extremely hard and working out, getting ready, preparing. Uh, excited offensively because we returned some guys, some key guys, and, and in very key positions too. So, you know, hopefully we can continue to build on what we uh, was able to create last year and continue to keep building on that. You know, the quarterback's back and Brandon Peters. Uh, four of our five offensive linemen are back. Um, you know, we, we, we get the return of Mike Epstein back, who's healthy, and he's played a lot of ball. And then, obviously, the wide receivers, you got Josh Bebe and Casey Washington, Donnie Navarro, guys like that who's played a, a lot of football. Daniel Barker, um, the emergence of Luke Ford now, he's eligible. And, then, of course, we got some other guys that, uh, you know, Daniel Bebe that's just transferred in from USC at tight end. So, Got have a lot more people, I think, that can fit into the puzzle, per se, moving forward. So we're excited about the opportunities. Have you been able, Rod, to run plays, uh, you know, against air uh, with uh, 11 players? Or is that or are you limited in, in terms of the number of players you could have on the field at the same time in your practices up to now? Yeah, you're not allowed to do any contact stuff, so – you know, we've been basically doing a lot of individual, uh, doing some. We have been able to do some seven on seven skelly against the defense and stuff like that, and do some one on ones or some half side. So we've been doing more of that. Uh, we've tried to stay out of the contact part because that's what they ask us not to do. Uh, just kind of keep working. A lot of fundamentals, a lot of a lot of a lot of pass scale, a lot of things like that, to, which is good. It's beneficial because it allows our kids to go out and compete, and also to work on the timing, work on everything that you need to incorporate once we are able to fully go live and, and, and padded practices. Visiting with offensive coordinator Rod Smith, the uh, fifth game is Illinois at Nebraska on uh, November the uh, 21st. Coach, you mentioned uh, Luke Ford. You had a chance to see him last year when his uh, petition was turned down to play uh, immediately as he transferred uh, to uh, the Illini. Tell me what you see in him and what he brings to the table for this offense. Well, it's going to be exciting to see. Um, you know, this will be Luke's actually first time of working with us offensively. You know, he, he had to do a lot of scout team type stuff last year's look squad for the defense. So he ran a lot of the opposing teams offense. He didn't do a lot uh, of our offensive structure but at the same time you know he has been in meetings he has been doing the workouts he's been doing the individuals so now it, it, it's good to kind of get a chance to see what he can do and how he fits in what his role will be uh he's a big long guy strong and uh you know he, he's, he's probably more of a 
uh, inline tight end type kid that we really don't have. Uh, a lot of our other guys are kind of they, they can they can play that role, but they're probably more better off as a flex type guy. So he kind of gives you more presence inside because he's a bigger, stronger body. But at the same time, his ball skills are are very good. He's got you know he's got as soft as hands as anybody on the team, I think. But at the same time, he'll still be a learning curve. We'll set to wait and see how when we strap the pads on, how he is. But we're excited about his potential. Uh, let's talk about the right guard spot real quick. Jerisati uh, is evidently not going to be able to play this season, or not until next fall. Uh, what? Who do you see stepping up at that one spot that you have open in the offensive line? Yeah, it's unfortunate for Blake because he came in. And that's why he came here. He came in to to come in and compete and showcase that he can play on this level. And we have no doubt that he can after watching early on. Uh, but, you know, the timing of things with the, with, with, with the canceling the season, and, and we all thought based upon the evidence at the time that, okay, well, we're not going to play. The best thing for him is to get healthy so when we can play. And sure enough, then we start back up. So I feel sorry for him, but at the same time, he's got a great mentality. He's, you know, he's sticking around and, you know, hopefully, if he can get healthy enough, maybe he can catch some at the end. Uh, who knows? We'll see. But uh, you know, but in the meantime, guys like you know, Virtus Brown, uh, Jordan Slaughter, you know, those are two of the mainstays that I can think of that need to be able to step up and fill in at one of those spots. Um, you know, obviously a kid like Brevin Jones, who's more of a tackle, but at the same time, you just gotta always look at all options available and uh, see where it goes from there. But you know. It's time for Virtus and, and Jordan, one of those guys, in my opinion, to step up and be ready to answer the call. You, this will be an impossible question, but do you know anything about the eligibility status of players who play in this particular shortened season and uh, next year? Do you think there's any possibility your seniors come, could come back or would they have to just limit themselves to four games? No, you know, that, that'll be up to the NCAA uh, you know, from our understanding, it sounds like there's a chance they might be able to, but, you know, who knows if they reverse course on that decision or, or not. So, you know, as of right now, we just kind of have to wait and see, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, they'll let us know when it's in the meantime. But, you know, for me to sit here and tell you uncertain, I'm, you know, I don't work for the NCAA, so I can't tell you. But from my understanding, it seems like there's a chance that could have 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 the opportunity to come back if they if they if they choose and if we choose as well. But I mean, at the same time, you know that that could change course just like the season change. Who knows? So that's that'll be entirely up with the NCAA and and the school and the institution as well. I'm sure. Talking to Rod Smith on November the 28th, Ohio State comes to Champaign. So Lauren, you kind of predicted that uh, that was going to happen. So there's six games of the upcoming Illinois football schedule. Yeah, it's the same schedule that they announced before in a different order without Indiana. Right. That's the only difference in the schedule. Uh, I, I, Rutgers and Ohio State remain the two out-of-division teams. Uh, I want to ask, Rod, uh, about the, the running game. I, was, I thought it was uh, uh, two years ago it was, it was very strong and, and kind of faded a little bit last year. Your thoughts on that and what you're doing to try to bolster that this year? Yeah, I, you're right, Lord. I, we did we did have a drop off a little bit last year, and I think part of that was in due to I think how teams started to game plan a little bit differently against us. Uh, you have a little bit different style quarterback as well. Uh, AJ Bush was probably a little bit more of a 
you know, athletic dual threat type kid who can could pull it, get on the perimeter a little bit more. So it kind of kept defenses honest at the backside. Brandon's a probably Brandon's a much better thrower to now, and you know, so it's a little bit different uh, skill sets. I think that kind of plays into that. And at the same time, I think guys, Reggie had such a good year. I think people started really focusing, honing in on that, trying to take that away. So, you know, which should open up things for our wide receivers and. So I think that's part of it. I said, you know, and then the second thing is there's, you know, obviously we got to continue to keep getting better. We, we just got to keep, keep working fundamentals, keep, keep, keep trusting what we're teaching. And, uh, you know, but I think we're on the right path. I really do. And I, and I like our running back set, our running back uh, uh, room this year as well. We've we got some talented guys and still very deep. Talk about some of those. You mentioned uh, Mike Epstein. Talk about uh, some of the other folks in the running back uh, position that you hope to uh, be able to count on. Yeah, obviously you got Mike, and we talked about uh, Jakari Norwood is a returner who I think looked very good so far. Um, you know, he's a year older, stronger, mature. So, you know, excited to watch him. He's you know he's one of the, the faster kids on the team. Uh, Chase Brown, who transferred in last year and gained some eligibility, but was kind of learning what we're doing. He's able to redshirt him. Really excited about him. He's another one that's got a co- good combination of size, speed. Uh, good power. I mean, just a really good football player. Um, Kenyon Sims, another guy. And then uh, Reggie Love uh, was, was, was the young guy coming in. has been very impressive. And Nick Fidanzo. So, you know, we have a, we have a, we have a pretty good stable there of guys. That it, it's time for you – know, it's their time. It's their time to, to show what they can do. And uh, been been pleased with their work ethic and been pleased with how they've been progressing so far. We um, decided to watch them strap it up here soon. A lot of players are uh, coming back. Uh, Ohio State's had a couple of guys that have decided to return and play this season, assuming they'll be uh, approved by the NCAA. Any chance that Bonner might return, or do you see him sitting out the season? Yeah, I don't, I, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, that, that would be up to Coach Lovey and, 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 and Rayvon, you know, so I don't want to speak for them. That that would be a question for those guys. Um and I haven't talked to Rayvon since he's opted out. So, you know, hopefully he's doing well and staying safe. But, you know, I, I really couldn't answer that question for you, Lord. Okay. Another minute or two with uh, Rod Smith as the schedule for the Illini football team is being uh, unveiled this morning. You mentioned, um, and rightly so, Bebe as a wide receiver and uh, a guy that uh, certainly is the premier guy at that position room probably. But I count 17 uh, wide receivers on the roster some other guys that uh, you hope uh, will step up. You also mentioned uh, Casey Washington as well. You got some depth there with appear. Well, you know what? With 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 the with the received uh, eligibility of some of the transfers, our, our wide receiver rooms received a boost. Some of the guys we wasn't sure if we would receive eligibility or not. You just don't know how the NCAA rules of those things, and whenever they ruled them eligible, uh, it was a boost for us. So. Uh, obviously, Josh is coming back. Josh Bebe is coming back. You know, he's he's the most prominent one that you know of. And then I think Casey Washington is really is set up to have a good year as well. Trayvon Sidney's back. He's he's back rehab from his from his injury last year. Um, so he's a guy that was a starter for us at times until he got hurt. So excited to have him back. Donnie Navarro is back as well. Donnie kind of stepped in after Trayvon went down and uh, did some good things for us. So we feel good about some of the returners. And then you add in guys like, you know, Brian Hightower, uh, the transfer from Miami, Desmond Dan, 
uh, there's a grad transfer for New Mexico State, and then uh, Kamari Thompson, who just got in from from uh, Missouri. So those guys, you know, those those guys that were are the, some of the newer ones, and you still have slot receivers, and you know, like Kyron Cumby, who's one of the most explosive kids, fastest kids on the team, if not the fastest, uh, and James Frenchy, who's a freshman. So. But Carlos Sandy's another one. So we, we, there, there's some wideouts there, some things to work with. Um, it's just a matter of us putting the right ones on the field at the right time and put them in the right position. Uh, Rod, it seems like everybody who has asked uh, has, uh, for, for immediate eligibility, all the transfers all across the country have all been approved, as far as I can tell. Have you heard of a single guy – who, and, and I'm talking about dozens of guys across the country that that hasn't uh, been okayed for immediate play. Well, I, I, you know, I can't say that I have, uh, but now I'm sure maybe, maybe there's somebody out there, but I, I, you know, I haven't heard of one yet. So I don't know what the reasoning is, or you know, what what the whole whole mindset is of that. But you know, it's well, that was I, I know there's a rule coming up. Right, it's coming up about the one-time transfer. That's always been in the talks, but it's never been passed. But I know they've they've talked about it possibly coming sooner than later. But you know, maybe we're journeying to that. I don't know. Once again, that's an NCAA thing. But no, Lord, I don't know of anybody that's been denied you to to date this year so far. But I'm sure there's somebody out there. I just don't know of. Well, I don't think there is because I think that they're, they're, they they anticipate that that rule will go in January the first, and they're just deciding. We're not going to deny anybody now. I mean, if if Ford had, you know, was coming in now, he'd he'd probably be approved when he wasn't last yeah. year. Just as, you know, I'm not saying it's unfair. It just uh, it looks like they're committed that way. Back back to your running backs. Uh, you didn't mention. I don't think you mentioned Love, the freshman out of St. Louis, East St. Louis. Uh, uh, how do you how do you see him uh, fitting in in terms of the running backs? Yeah, I mentioned him, but I yeah, oh, I, did you? I really really like him. Mm-hmm. Re- really like Reggie Love. I mean, he's he is you know obviously he's a freshman, so he's learning. But boy, I tell you what, he's got a really good feel for you know some of the the, the, the things we're doing individual or just watching his his you know he's got a feel for the position. He, he understands how to press tracks, and you know he's a he's a squatty strong kid that's got some good speed and uh, you know really good ball skills. Catches the ball well. I'm, I've been very impressed with Reggie Love. You know, when we first started practicing, you know, when we first started, the first time when we was allowed, um, he was showing some good things then early on. So I'm excited about his potential moving forward. When do you uh, get to go into uh, full contact? Do you have a date? Uh, yeah, I think they told us around September 30th, somewhere around there, I think. Okay. It's around towards the end. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, Lord. It's somewhere around the end. We we still have to go through another week of of what we're doing now, and I think it, you know as as, as time moves, I think it's towards that end. I think September 30th is around that date. But not 100 percent sure if that's the exact date, but it's around that time. Yeah, and so you'd have roughly a couple of weeks of of contacting, probably back off by the week before the the game, I would assume. Is that well? I, you know, I, I, that, that, that's to be <clears throat> that's to be seen because you know when, when you talk about you know the season coming up as we go, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a grind. It's gonna be a nine week grind. There's no off weeks, so I think it's gonna be imperative you know for how we manage these guys, how how we can manage the soft tissue injuries, those things that pop up. So 
you know, Lovey, Lovey will be constructing all that as far as how much time off we need and all that type of stuff. So that'll be more of a question for him. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, I, I know we've talked about as a staff, it'll be important how we manage all those type of things. A real burning, there are no off weeks. A real burning question is, is your wife glad to get you out of the house? <laughs> <laughs> I think she is. <laughs> She's like, this stuff is crazy, man. Get him out. Uh, uh, but I think my daughter misses me, but my wife's ready to get me out of here. She's happy. <laughs> well, Rod, we appreciate your time. We'll let you get back to it, and I know we'll be talking to you again uh, very, very soon. Okay, guys. Appreciate y'all. I-O-L. I-N-I. Right. Thanks. Rod Smith, Illinois Offensive Coordinator, as we are Working our way through the uh, announcement of the uh, Big Ten football schedule. You're probably keeping track as well, but if you're in your car and you can't do it, here's what we have so far for the Fighting Illini at Wisconsin. Uh, Here's uh, week seven. Let me get that down here real quick. Iowa at Illinois is uh, that one. So we've got seven out of eight. So it starts out with at Wisconsin, Purdue and Minnesota back-to-back at home, then back-to-back road games at Rutgers, at Nebraska, then back-to-back home games again, Ohio State and Iowa. One more game to be announced here on the schedule, the eight-game schedule. We'll take a timeout as we hit 9.50. Back with more. We'd appreciate your comments. If you'd like to jump in, 356-9397. Back with more after this. Nine fifty-two. Illini Pellows Saturday Sports Talk. A chilly 52 degrees in central Illinois. There's Did you notice the change in the last couple of days, Steve? There's even a wind chill up there of 48. <laughs> We're going to start watching the wind chill already. Yeah, I've noticed the change. Noticed the change on the golf course yesterday. Yeah. I went to lunch yesterday at Billy Bruce with some fellas, and uh, and uh, guys were grabbing jackets. <laughs> it was it was blowing through there. Of course, we're sitting out in the street. Right. At, uh, a little windy tip. on the golf course yesterday, yeah. but that's okay. The, Fall's a good time to play golf. Of course, we know the, even though it hasn't been officially announced, we know the last game for Illinois is at Northwestern. Yeah. So the schedule is, or soon will be, officially complete. The home games, Purdue, Minnesota, Ohio State, and Iowa. And the road games, of course, Wisconsin, we mentioned that. And at Rutgers, that's a no-fun trip. At Nebraska is about as far as you can go the other direction. And then, of course, uh, Northwestern, we knew that was going to happen at, in the final game. Then on December the 19th, uh, the teams are scheduled or will be scheduled to play another game against the uh, corresponding or the opposite uh, division against the team that finished in the same position. Since Illinois is playing the same two schools from the other division, I'm assuming that everybody else in the Western Division will play the same schools that they were scheduled against previously in the Eastern Division, those same two schools. Now, uh, we were scheduled against three, and we did drop Indiana. Right. And we had to drop Indiana in the way it was set up because in order to keep it 4-4, four home, four road. So that would also mean that, uh, even though I haven't looked at the other uh, schedules, but uh, I would guess that would also mean that Ohio State plays Michigan on that last week, but I have I haven't looked to see if that's been here it is right now. Michigan at Ohio State, yes, in that last week. And as we said, Illinois at Northwestern. So it's coming together and hopefully 
the schedule will stick for a while, more than six days. The, the, <laughs> the last schedule uh, stuck around before they had to shut things down. But uh gets you a little bit excited. The change of the weather also gets you a little excited for football. It's feeling like uh, football weather. Well, the way I look at it, um, if you're going to play Wisconsin you have, and you're going to have to play them up there, it's better to play them the first game than any other time, uh, particularly in their condition and their status right now with all the – They've got a real. Uh, they've got a shutdown up there. I mean, yep. they're just coming out of. They'll just be coming out of that thing. Then the Purdue game at Illinois. This is a team that they match up pretty equally, I think. Now, there's some talk about players coming back, and Rondale Moore might come back. I'm not saying he is coming back, but I'm saying that they're they're looking at it, just as as you know as they, as Ohio State is is uh, welcoming uh, Wyatt Davis, the offensive lineman, and and Sean Wade, the cornerback. And I don't think they've been approved yet, but they will be, well, in my opinion. They ought to jump on that and get that done if they hadn't hired an agent, and maybe even if they had. Oh, yeah. I, they'll, 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 I think that the NCAA is just going to throw all the rules uh, you know, out and just let them play. That's yeah, I my wonder, guess. I wonder if there's a stipulation or a distinction between hiring an agent and actually receiving Money. Well, there's a distinction for sure. If you receive money, you shouldn't I'm, be allowed to play. Exactly, but but, uh, but hiring an agent and if the to, to, if you're going to suggest to me that somebody hire an agent, and there's no money exchanged. I'll say, I doubt that, Steve. Right. <laughs> but I also would say that if you didn't admit it and there's no record of it, uh, you couldn't prove it. Kind of an underwhelming uh, weekend of college football games that are scheduled. There are a bunch of games scheduled, but only one. That involves a, a couple of top uh, 25 teams against each other, and that's number 17, Miami, at uh, number 18, Louisville. And uh, so there are 10 games involving top 25 teams, but that's the only game that has two going against each other. Some other uh, notes, as we talked mostly this morning on the Big Ten football schedule, we'll have more on that uh, coming up, but uh, some basketball scheduling news this week, November 25th, will be the start date. You could get uh, probably in the neighborhood of 25, 26, maybe 27 games in addition, uh, not in addition, but uh, adding on to the 20, or 20 conference games that uh, the Big Ten is going to play. And there's a lot of bubble talk, Lauren, about uh, events going on at different places, including uh, Indianapolis. They're, they're making a play to get one. Yeah, and, and I think there's going to be some things going on in Florida for sure. And I'm, I'm just wondering what that ACC challenge is going to look like because I keep hearing that Illinois is involved in that in Florida, but I'm not. it hadn't been announced, so I'm not sure it's uh, going through. The one that uh, is being uh, talked about at the Indianapolis Convention Center is a multi-team event mm-hmm. where it would cost the schools $90,000 to participate. That includes the hotels and travel and meals and a number of tickets for the staff and such, but it's a it's a total bubble experience, and uh, that could be pretty good, pretty interesting to concept to, to think about. You know what, fifteen teams or so, yeah, at the same location. Well, I that that's a, the direction they want to go, and I don't know why they can't because they've got a lot of holiday period in there where the students don't have yeah. to go to school. And, of course, even if they had to go, even if they were during classes, they can take them virtually. Right, and you can start games at all different times during the day. Sure. And uh, also going on this weekend, the U.S. Open 
Illinois has a couple of guys that made the cut and one that didn't. Steve Stricker didn't make the cut. He was nine over par. The cut was at six, I believe. Thomas Peters, though, is even par going into today's yeah, he action. he was four under the first day and four over the second day. Yeah. Well, they, they kind of teased him the first day. The conditions yeah. and where they yeah. placed the pins and everything else the first day had a lot of guys under par. Patrick Reed is still under par at minus four going into round three. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is a shot back. But uh, Thomas Peters is even, and uh, Thomas Dietrich Another Belgium uh, former Illini is three over, tied for 22nd. So mm-hmm. it could be a pretty good finish. And uh, Stricker had some pretty good company and guys that didn't make the cut, like Tiger Woods and yeah. Phil Mickelson. Tiger's had 77 yesterday. Yep. They said that was one of his highest scores ever in a, in a major tournament. Ricky Fowler didn't make it. A lot of guys didn't make it. Uh, Jason Day. But if you're a golf Ricky fan. Ricky Fowler didn't make it. And, you know, he's just he's ceased to be, a, to me, he's a, a contender. He's changed his swing a little bit. He's messed with his swing that may be affecting him. But I always thought that he was going to break through because he's such a good putter. I know. I, I thought so, too. And, you know, uh, he won his first tournament ever against Illinois as, as a collegian. I, I always remember him all the way back. That was in Chicago. But he was under par the first day. And I thought, boy, he's off and running. Maybe he'll make it. And the next thing I know, he's, he's, uh, couldn't, he couldn't hold it. One other basketball note, uh, Jordan Nesbitt from St. Louis Came up with his final three. Illinois is on that. Illinois is recruiting him hard. It's Illinois, St. Louis, and Memphis. He plans to make his college decision October 1st on his birthday. He's going to go to Illinois. You think? That's your prediction? Well, it's not a prediction. It's information I have. I mean, I yeah, I, I, you can call it a prediction. Okay. He, here's the thing. St. Louis was the leader f- for a while. I know, and they may still be. Yeah. Because they're they're doing some things down there uh, that Illinois can't match. But uh, if um, if things go the way, uh, I, I'm, let's put it this way. He's leaning to Illinois right now, but St. Louis will come in strong. And it, it's scary what they might do from our standpoint. We can't. You can't deal with it. They've got a bunch of people down there that are just determined to make St. Louis a, a stronger basketball program, and and uh, I don't know how you deal with that. It is 10 o'clock, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Hour number one of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk is in the books. We'll take a break. Be back with uh, some more Big Ten football talk and more in hour number two. Stay with us. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. With Lauren Tate, I am Steve Kelly, and we're here until 11. One hour is in the books. The Big Ten football schedule has been revealed We've talked about that as it pertains to the Fighting Illini. We'll talk uh, more Big Ten football as analyst, uh, big BTN analyst, Glenn Mason, former Minnesota coach, former Illini assistant coach, is on the line with us. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? You know, I'm doing great. I should be getting ready to watch Big Ten football, but it's not being played yet, so what's better than that? Talking to Lauren Tate on the radio. <laughs> You're gonna, you know, they'll arrest you for uh, 
fabricating, uh, Glenn. Did you know that? (laughs) I am absolutely dead serious, Lauren. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, what do you think of this? By the way, have you been able to analyze Minnesota's schedule? Uh, You know, a little bit. Uh, I was looking at it real quickly. I'm down at my grandson's uh, flag football practice, to be honest with you. Okay. I was trying to look at it, and I saw, you know, you try to look at the ones that uh, look where it's uh, not balanced one way or the other, either too easy or too tough. And, you know, and I looked at, uh, you know, uh, Minnesota's, uh, uh, they don't play Ohio State. They don't play Penn State as crossover games. So you got to think they're in uh, pretty good uh, speed there. And the one that jumped out at me, Lauren, I don't, uh, if I think I'm correct, I, I think uh, Purdue probably got the best of the draw. I don't think they play – uh, I don't think they play Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State, so that's that's pretty good. Well, that's that's the unfair thing. I mean, I've I've said and, and keep repeating, they should count the division. The, the division standings should count only for the games you play within your division, because I think Iowa's got a tougher schedule. For instance, in Minnesota, and and it's just not fair. It's not balanced, and and the, nobody seems to be willing to do anything about it. Uh, uh, Minnesota certainly got a great chance. By the way, Illinois plays Minnesota pretty early. Third game at Illinois. That'll be a big game here. Illinois has got home games against Purdue, Minnesota, uh, Iowa, and North. And uh, I'm sorry, not Northwestern. Uh, Iowa and Ohio State. Illinois catches Ohio State and Rutgers, so it's kind of a balance for Illinois. They play one really good one and one of the weak teams in that division. Yeah, I think the other team, uh, I, I think Northwestern got a bad draw. I think they got an awful tough schedule there also. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it sounds like uh, the league just hasn't figured out that you got to be fair in, in, in trying to determine the champion of, of the, you know, of each division, and it's just not. But we'll worry about that later, I guess. Uh, you know, Lauren, Lauren, you used the word fair. You know, I remember uh, – when players on my team or even my own children used to say, well, that's not fair. I said, you know what fair is? That's where you buy a pig in August. That's what fair is. <laughs> At the fair, huh? <laughs> well, what what do you see uh, in terms of uh, this Minnesota team? I, I, I'll talk about Illinois a little later, but you're you're following them closely up there and your former coach there. How good are they going to be this year? They're, they seem to be – they seem to be reluctant at one point about even playing based on the things they said, but I know that was just part of the publicity. Yeah, well, they've changed their tune real quick. You know, you're right. P.J. Fleck came out when the Big Ten announced that they weren't going to play, and he said he had met with all his players, and they were 100% agreement that they shouldn't play because of the safety concerns. But now all of a sudden everything has changed, and he says because of the protocols and the testing, they're 100% aboard that they're going to play. You know, you look at Minnesota, Lauren, last year, they, they really had a, a great year. They got off to a shaky start. Uh, very fortunate to win those early games against easy opponents. And then, then they got on the roll, and they were awful good. And uh, they finished up with a great win in their bowl game against, against Auburn. Um, one thing that's laying in the balance, you know, they had a, a really good wide receivers last year, and Tyler Johnson, uh, is gone for the draft. And then Rashad Bateman opted out for this season, and he was the Big Ten wide receiver of the year. But the local news around here, he's trying to get back in. He said he's changed his mind. He wants to play for the Gophers. So they're going to appeal it. He, 
he has signed with an agent, and the agent admitted that they uh, forwarded him some money for uh, rental cars and air trips and hotels and the likes of that. But he's trying to get back, and if he gets uh, a waiver and gets back to play for the Gophers, that'll be a big plus for them. Will he have to return the money? That's what they're saying. Um, I don't know how you, you know, kids that age, uh, if you you forward them that money, you know it's gone. So uh, I don't know how you pay it back, but that's what they're saying. Talking to Glenn Mason, an analyst for uh, Big Ten Network. Your thoughts on Illinois, the job that uh, Lovey Smith has done uh, through three years. This was going to be a key year for him with his most experienced team. Um, there were three non-conference games originally on the schedule that uh, most people felt that uh, the Illini would win and trying to get uh, to back-to-back bowl games. But uh, with everything that's gone and happened so far, your thoughts now on Illinois going into the 2020 season? Well, you know, I, I think uh, any coach will tell you you get to a certain place in, in, in what you're trying to do. You're trying to put your program in order, trying to put your philosophy in order, but sooner or later you got to, you know, show the results on the field, and the results on the field um, have to add up, uh, you know, to wins. A lot of times you're getting better, uh, your team's getting better, your program's getting better, but the record stays the same. Sometimes it even goes south. But I think I would agree with you. This is a critical year for the Illini, for, you know, Lovey Smith, everything involved there. Every time I went in there to do a game, it was quite evident to me that, you know, Lovey had a plan. Uh, he wasn't going to be rattled. He wasn't going to you know, change direction every time he hit a bump in the road. But, you know, sooner or later, I think, you you know, you got to get to the place where there's tangible evidence. you got to get to a bowl game. People got to feel that you're going in the right direction. Well, uh, I think that uh, Illinois has got a lot of players this year. And the question now is, do they get to keep some of those seniors next year? As it stands right now, these guys are going to be eligible for another year. Do you think that the, the, the Big Ten will I'm, – I'm not the Big Ten. Do you think the NCAA will reverse that rule? Well, I'm not sure. I, I gave up a long time ago on on trying to, uh, you know, figure out what the NCAA is going to do. You're, you're right. They said that uh, this wouldn't count as a year of eligibility no matter how many games were played in part. So, um, you know, there's there's a – there's a lot of players that uh, you would think that would normally be gone because their eligibility has expired, but they're coming back. But, Lauren, the hard thing that that becomes to the coaches, how do you balance your roster? It would be very easy to balance your roster if you said, well, you know, we're going to give those guys that extra year of scholarship, but we're also going to add scholarships on for a year um, so that, you know, the incoming class, the guys that are in high school that would be expecting those scholarships wouldn't be affected. Uh, but you look at your recruiting and, it, you know, you look uh, not to one year, but you look about three years down the road and you think, well, you know, I'll have uh, 12 scholarships uh, available for that that class. And all of a sudden you, you don't because there's four or five, six guys that have an extra year of eligibility and they're going to say it becomes a, a nightmare. Well, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> and this is very simple. They're going to change it. <laughs> they're yeah. going to change. The, they're yeah. either going to make the guys uh, make them use this year of eligibility, or they're going to uh, advance the uh, scholarship limit from eighty-five to a hundred. I mean, that's what uh, one or the other they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't foresee the latter. I can't see them raising that scholarship limit, even though that might be a right thing to do uh, short term, but. You know, the way the finances are, uh, right, right. Um, 
you know, you you look at uh, thank goodness that the, the Big Ten is going to play football at least te- attempt to play football. You see, Lauren, that the Baylor Houston game was postponed today because of the positive test, and you know, going forward, everybody's excited about the Big Ten, uh, you know, season. I think the biggest challenge that these coaches are going to have in the uh, not only in the Big Ten but nationally is to 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 manage their players so they don't become infected with COVID and. You know, if a guy tests positive uh, in the Big Ten, he's out for a minimum of uh, 21 days. That's, that's really significant. Yeah, and if five of them are positive, you can't play that week. <laughs> that's, I mean, 5% rule is, is pretty rough. I, I say five. If you had 100 players on your team and five are uh, positive, then you couldn't play that week. And it's, that's pretty serious. I don't think... Uh, and Steve and I were talking about this earlier. I don't think Wisconsin could play a game right now because I think they got more than five right now. But I think that yeah, that, you, you had as this whole discussion was going on, Lauren. You had two uh, programs that had suspended, you know, workouts. Wisconsin, which you just mentioned, was one of them. Maryland was the the other one. Um, so uh, it's going to be very interesting. Stay tuned as we go forward. Glenn Mason, how would you handicap the West Division? I think most people certainly have Ohio State uh, expected to win on the other side, but how do you handicap the West? Um, you know, last year I said that the uh, you know the West Division was going to be the wild, wild West. I still think it's going to be the the wild, wild West. Uh, I, I, most people look at you know Wisconsin, uh, the job that Paul Christ has, has done up there, and they seem to really of add stability in that program. You know, even the job that uh, Barry Alvarez did uh, turning that program around, um, and he's a legend there. If you look at his program, you know, they they had their peaks, but they also had some valleys. And, you know, uh, as of late in, in modern history, that program has been a model of, uh, you know, stability. So I think you have to look at, uh, you know, that program, and you look at their schedule and, and the teams that they're playing, as far as are they playing in Camp Randall, are they playing away, they've got to, you know, be the team. Now, you look on the other end of it, uh, you know, I think that uh, Minnesota, uh, they returned Tanner Morgan, who's the best passing quarterback in the Big Ten. Uh, they've got an attitude. They really, they've been on a roll. Uh, they're, they're believers in what Fleck is do. So you got to think about them. We've already talked about uh, the Gophers have a favorable schedule. Uh, it's about time that, you know, Nebraska, uh, Scott Frost uh, out there, he's in a similar situation, I think, to Lovie Smith. It's time to, you know, really show some tangible results. And, you know, let's not forget about Iowa. It seems like every time that Iowa flies under the radar, they're a little bit better than anybody thinks. Well, uh, yeah, and Iowa is, is coming out of a, a very difficult uh, summer in which, of course, they lost their uh, weight training coach and they had a lot of racial uh, d- d- discussions and, and I guess it's all resolved. But how do you how does something like that impact a team, Glenn? Well, that's a great question, Lauren. I've always thought that when, you, when a team faces adversity, you know, uh, there's one or two things that, that happens. It either uh, draws them apart and... Uh, they lose uh, the focus on what they're trying to accomplish as a team, or it brings them, you know, together. And, you know, uh, Kirk Ferentz has had a storied career uh, down there at Iowa. And I really don't think a guy has that type of success in one place unless he really knows what he's doing. So 
Uh, I'm I'm just banking that Kirk Ferentz has been working overtime there. He's got his blinders on as far as uh, he knows what the problems are. He's going to solve the problems. He's going to identify the problems. He's not going to put his head in the sand. And I think there'll be there'll be a stronger football team top to bottom from an attitude uh, standpoint because of this. That's Glenn Mason with uh, Big Ten Network. Hopefully, Glenn, next time we talk to you, we'll be talking about a game that has been played. It seems like forever since we've uh, talked about games that have been played and upcoming games, so we appreciate your well, time. Let me ask you, Glenn, one th- uh, Glenn, will you be, uh, you, uh, as far as you know, will you be attending games and, and doing the games from the sites of the games? I, you know, Lauren, that's a, that's a, that's the a $64,000 question. I think I'm in the same boat uh, as a lot of my colleagues uh, with everything up in the air. We really, you know, don't know. I've my tenure with the uh, Big Ten Network. I've really kind of done, done everything. I've some years I was studio, some years I was games, some years I was half studio, half games. Last year I was the studio guy uh, all during the year. But to be quite honest with you, I don't know what uh, the 2020 season uh, holds for me. A lot of questions, just a million of them. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Glenn. Appreciate it. Anytime. You guys are the best. Thank you. Glenn Mason with the Big Ten Network, 10-17. Make it 10-18. On the line, I fellow Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. Stay with us. Ten twenty, Illini Pellas Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. And the Pellow Window Showroom has a product line that I'd like to uh, bring to your attention. It's called Lifestyle, and it's packed with innovation, including the option for their best between-the-glass blinds and shades that have that uh, triple glazing. Pellow Lifestyle has a style flexibility uh, range with a wide variety of inside and outside colors, There are also performance options to improve energy efficiency and reduce noises from the outside. You can see the uh, Lifestyle line at uh, the Pella Window Showroom, located at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Window and door specialists there can help you find the right Pella products for your home and your budget. They've been around a long time, going on 50 years in central Illinois. So stop by and see the Pella Lifestyle at the Pella Window Showroom. Their hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, Saturday by appointment, or check them out online at PellaOfChampagne.com. If you stop in there during the week, say hi to Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window Store. Thanks to Glenn Mason for spending some time with us talking Big Ten football. If you're just rolling out of the sack on this uh, Saturday morning, the Big Ten football schedule has been announced. Illinois opens at Wisconsin. Then we'll play back-to-back home games against Purdue and Minnesota, followed by back-to-back road games at Rutgers and Nebraska, followed by two more back-to-back home games, Ohio State and Iowa. And the eighth game will be at Northwestern. The ninth game will be what is called Big Ten Championship Week. That will be the uh, teams uh, squaring off against the same place team in the other division. So, uh, a busy time. Lauren is going over the Big Ten composite schedule here. We had a chance to take a look at that. What are you seeing so far? Well, it's pretty well divided. I mean, it's pretty, it's fairly well balanced. I was going to play Penn State and Mich- and Maryland. Wisconsin's going to play Michigan and Maryland, and Purdue's going to play Maryland and Rutgers. So, um, I'd say they're you know, Purdue's got a real chance. Except I don't think Purdue is as good as 
Wisconsin and, and Iowa. I don't think they are. I think it's a game in Illinois uh, won last year uh, in the rain over there, and I, I think Illinois would be favored, although uh, you got to almost wait and see who's going to be playing for, for Purdue and, and all these teams. We've got so many guys that are asking to come back. I mean, uh, Minnesota's going to be a different team, you know, if they, if they get Bateman back, right? I mean, he's one of the, he's maybe the best receiver in the league, if not the country. Yeah, Wisconsin is the uh, first team on the uh, Illini schedule, and uh, that's an, a road game. One thing, you know, this year's going to be different because they're not, there are not going to be fans, so you don't have to worry about that fourth quarter jump around thing they do there at uh, Camp Randall Stadium. So home field advantage won't uh, play much of a factor anywhere, Lauren. No, I home field isn't isn't going to matter. Although there's there's just going to be there's something about playing at Camp Randall, sure, in in Wisconsin that, and I well we we've never played up there without fans, so I shouldn't even say, but it's a tough place to win. I know that. And Illinois has never played as late as December twelfth in Evanston, Illinois. That could be. Could have some all kinds of different weather conditions there. Yeah, most yeah. of which would be cold. I wonder if I wonder if there'll be any attempts at that time of year to move. Since it doesn't matter where you play anyway, to to move that indoors someplace. I mean, would they play two games in Indianapolis, for example? Would they play a, a, a game the previous night? What's the difference? You could play you could play a Friday night game in in in, in the dome. You could play. You could play in the. You can move the game to the dome in St. Louis. You've got. Uh, you've got several domes around the country that they could use, and I don't know if they're going to consider that because it's costly. Ed Bond. That's what I was going to say. You know, that's an interesting idea, but you got to power the building up and get staff in there to run it, and yeah, you've got costly. your own building there. It doesn't yeah. cost you anything to run it. I, well, then, it costs you something to run it, but. I I'm wondering, is it possible, Steve, you, you're an expert on this, is it possible to play a football game in the Milwaukee Dome, in the Dome in Milwaukee, baseball Mil- Dome? Miller Field? Yeah. Miller I don't, Field. I, don't uh, I may be an expert, but I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh, that's a good question. It's, a def- it's definitely a dome. Yep. They can close it. They closed it the other day for a doubleheader. Right. They could play it open or closed there, so good question. Well, and a December 12 game is like Ed said, and particularly if they try to play on a Friday night, too, it'll be even colder then. But up up on the lakefront at, at Northwestern, you can just anticipate that's going to be no fun. Well, the way the schedule came out, all the games are scheduled on Saturday right now. That doesn't mean, you know, some on a particular weekend would get oh, yeah. get bumped to Friday. Oh, or, yeah. or there's even been some talk of Monday night football in the Big Ten, so... Some tweaks will be coming, but at least the schedule is out there, and Illinois opens on the road at Wisconsin. So we'll see what happens now in the next few weeks uh, before, uh, well, as Rod Smith said, it's going to be another week or so before they put the pads on and get going for that. And then hopefully everybody stays stays um, virus-free and they can uh, get this done. Well, we just... Um I'm trying to figure out, you know, just who has the advantage and who has, you know, in terms of the of the pairings. And uh, I'm just going to have I'm going to have to study it more uh, later. I, I think that Illinois is playing Wisconsin, as I said, in, in the ideal time, the first game of the season. Let's see if they can be ready, and Illinois will be ready. 
Uh, Illinois is uh, doing a tremendous job in terms of handling the virus. They've got a veteran team on offense back, and they've got some. Pl- and they're okay at linebacker, and they're okay at the in the in the secondary. We've got to see how that defensive line come. When it comes down to analyzing Illinois football, Steve, they got to run the ball better, and they got to stop the run better. Because if you can't stop the run, they're going to run on you all day. And if you can't run, you're not going to be able to win a lot of games if you can only pass. And that, that was a problem Illinois had. Illinois pulled out some nice wins last year. But uh, let's face it, they finished 6-7, and seven, and there's a reason for that. They couldn't get the running game going. Ed Bonds, of course, has worked with us for how many years now? 40-something. 40-something, yeah. I have to figure it out. On uh, Illinois football broadcasts and uh, getting those produced and put on the air and Illinois football and basketball. So we've got some questions, too, that we'll have to get answered on how that's going to work or how it might be different. Yeah, and I was kind of hoping we would uh, start at home just because it's always easier to start a season at home. Because if you forget something, you can run back and get it and put it <laughs> on. You know, this, if you're going on the road, you got to make sure you got everything ready to go. So it'll take some extra triple checking, Steve, to get well, it Well, you and I have made that uh, that drive to Madison a few times. Yeah, we'll, we've done it round trip in one day before. Yep, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Get up at 4 a.m. and on the road. Let's go. 356-9397 is the phone number if you'd like to join us on IPella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a break here as we approach the bottom of the hour and be back with more. Stay with us here on DWS. Welcome back to the show. Illini Pellon Saturday Sports Talk heading towards 11 o'clock with Lauren Tate. Steve Kelly with you, 356-9397. Welcome Jeremy Warner to the program. When I talked to Jeremy earlier in the week, we were going to talk about his Chicago White Sox, and we will do that, Jeremy. But some breaking news. We didn't realize the football schedule was going to be released uh, this morning, but we've been uh, following that along the way as you have. First of all, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, I know my baseball team's relevant again when you call me to talk White Sox. So <laughs> that's a, a big day for me. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the football schedule first. If uh, folks sure. haven't seen it, uh, Illinois opens on the road at Wisconsin. It's uh, kind of the same schedule, uh, really, with the exception of Indiana not being on it. Just uh, reshuffled a bit. But uh, your overall thoughts after uh, thinking about that for a few minutes. Yeah, to be honest with you guys, I'm never the biggest schedule guy, like going down the schedule and breaking this all down, because I think the Big Ten West is going to be a lot of toss-up games this year. But I think that's a good thing for Illinois. I think it says uh, that they've taken strides forward. But the way I look at it, I think it's basically just a a neutral draw, and that's an improvement from what we saw uh, the last schedule we saw when Ohio State and Penn State were kind of your bookends. Uh, You get Rutgers on the road again. That stays on the schedule. That should be a win. Ohio State comes here. That probably is a loss. Uh, Wisconsin's a tough start to the season, but I like the middle part of Purdue and Minnesota at home, Rutgers and Nebraska on the road. Um, and then it's a, a tough end of the schedule with Iowa and Northwestern. But I think that's basically a neutral draw for Illinois. And uh, I think it all comes down to they should beat Rutgers. They should lose to Ohio State. Can you go three and three uh, in the Big Ten West? And I think that should be the expectation at this point uh, in Lovey Smith's program. And um, I, I think this is the most talented roster we've seen. In, in 10 years at Illinois, now it's just about, can they execute? Uh, can, can they keep ahead of Nebraska, which they were last year? Can they keep ahead of Purdue like they were last year? Um, I think that should be the expectation going into the year. Well, you know, uh, I, I don't think that the vindictive, vindictiveness played any part in this scheduling, okay? 
But Nebraska made the biggest uh, outcry when they when the schedule was you know was uh, canceled. Now they're going to start out with Ohio State, Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Penn, Penn State. <laughs> That's a pretty good start. I'd say Nebraska's. Uh, I'd say Frost is in a little bit of trouble there. What do you think? Yeah, you you saying that uh, the Big Ten did that on purpose. Huh? <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> uh, hard not to, based on how outspoken they were. And hey, Nebraska thinks they're a great program still, right? Yeah. Uh, even though they've won, they've won one fewer game than Illinois the last two years. By the way, um, well, here's your chance to be great. Uh, but yeah, that that they could be zero and four. They could be one and three. Uh, but on the other end of it, Ohio State, I think they got favors from their conference, right? Because that's why we're starting on October twenty fourth. Is uh, to get Ohio State in a, in a college football playoff. That's really the only reason. And um, they get the, a nice schedule with Nebraska and uh, Illinois, the crossover. So, yeah, I think uh, they did Nebraska, no favors, but they did Ohio State some favors. And, again, this is just talk, but uh, I thought they were, that they might start on October 17th, but I don't think Alvarez thought Wisconsin would be ready. So we're playing Wisconsin a week later on the 23rd or 24th. We don't know if it will be a Friday or a Saturday but uh, at Wisconsin, but isn't that the perfect time to play Wisconsin? I, I, if you want to look at yeah, if you want to be optimist, yeah. I mean, you beat this team last year. You start the schedule with two teams you did beat last year. But I think we all know if Wisconsin is ready to play, uh, they're the Big Ten West favorite. They, they win more games than they lose every year. Um, so, but, yes, I mean, this, that's a program that's dealing with stuff right now. And I think we all have to look at the 2020 season as, all right, this is what we got on paper. We'll see how many games we can get in. Uh, we'll, we just saw Baylor-Houston get canceled for this weekend. I think they'll get most of these games in, uh, but still, it's all very tentative, right? I think that's how we all got to look at it. But it is exciting to get football on the schedule. Talking to Jeremy Warner. He covers uh, Illini football and basketball and recruiting uh, very well for the Illini Inquirer 247 Sports. In his other life... He's a Chicago White Sox uh, baseball fan, and uh, he's kind of uh, walking around with his chest stuck out here uh, lately <laughs> as the Sox have uh, gotten back what, to the playoffs. While us uh, Cardinal fans yeah. cower. <laughs> yeah. The Sox are back to the playoffs. First time in, what, 12 years? They're 33-18 and 18 on the season. They lost the game last night uh, after they had clinched, but uh, you got to be feeling pretty good about the Sox. Yeah, and, and don't uh, don't expect me to cry for you, Cardinals fans, because the the, la- the last time, as you said, was 2008. I was a junior in college. I went to the the game 163 to go to that game, uh, but that was a third of my life, guys. I've gone a third of my life without my White Sox being in the playoffs, and this is only the fifth time in my lifetime that the White Sox have been in the playoffs. So it's been a long, uh, hard trip. We've been irrelevant. Um, for a long time because I was in college, guys. I was a freshman in 2005, and there seemed to be a lot more White Sox fans in Champaign-Urbana at that time uh, on the bandwagon. We had a couple of fun years after that, but it's been a lot of mediocrity. We've had some good players that haven't gotten national recognition, like Chris Sale, uh, because we just didn't win, and they weren't able to build a contender. So they did what the Cubs did and, and broke this thing down, and you never know if it's going to work, but you got to give a lot of credit to Rick Hahn for hitting on those trades, hitting on some draft picks, developing some guys, and, and adding the right pieces and spending money uh, this offseason. So it's been a long time coming, but it's been even more fun than I thought, guys. Just I think being a White Sox fan, you, you don't take for granted uh, what this year has meant. And just to get this year, 
uh, and for them to even exceed expectations that we had, it's just been a, a blast watching the White Sox. It's just been a blast, guys, to, to actually want to tune into White Sox baseball every day. It's been a long time since I've watched as many games as I have because they're relevant, they're fun, and it feels like you're going to be this way for a long time. What would you, uh, looking at the personnel, both pitching and, and hitting, what, uh, just how did they piece this together? Well, the biggest thing that, that Rick Hahn did was he sold um, and, and traded his key pieces at the right time. So he didn't wait till Chris Sale got hurt or didn't prolong, you know, um, taking the chance that, you know, the White Sox could, maybe could make the playoffs the next year. No, he sold them for the number one prospect in baseball, Yohan Moncada, and one of the top pitching prospects in Michael Kopech. And, and while that obviously worked out for the Red Sox, the, the White Sox, Moncada is, is a great player. Kopech hasn't made an impact yet, but he's still got a high ceiling. The Jose Quintana trade has obviously worked out for the White Sox because they have one of the most fearsome hitters in baseball, and Eloy Jimenez, uh, one of the best sluggers in baseball. And Dylan Cease, uh, while he's not hit his ceiling yet, is a part of their rotation. And then one of the biggest trades, guys, was Adam Eaton. Well, he won a World Series and was a good part of that last year with the Nationals. The White Sox got an ace out of that, Lucas Giolito. And uh, Dane Dunning has been phenomenal uh, since he came up and has pitched five games. The White Sox have won all five, and they got Ronaldo Lopez there. So that lifted the rebuild guys to where it was faster than the Cubs. And then, of course, they've developed guys like Tim Anderson. Jose Abreu's been great. Uh, And then they went out this offseason and spent money and spent it on things that matter, which is catching and get a top three catcher in Yasmani Grandal. And you add a guy like Dallas Keuchel, who isn't quite what John Lester was when the Cubs signed him but similar impact in that he's an innings eater, he's a professional, he's played for a winner, he's got that playoff experience. So it's just they've kind of made – there's been mistakes along the way, guys, but they've made – they've had a high hit rate uh, when it comes to trades uh, and it comes to the free agent signing so far. Every baseball fan is optimistic as the season gets started. I know you were as well, but did this rebuild – and you kind of touched on this, but this rebuild with the Sox, has it gotten to this point a little quicker than you anticipated? Yeah, this year feels like, now it's not as long, right? We're not getting as right. big of a sample size. But it feels like 2015 of the Cubs, right? I think every Cubs fan went into that season saying, okay, we're going to be relevant in September, right? That was my hope coming into this year is, let's just be relevant in September. Let's have some fun games where we're fighting for a playoff bid. I didn't see us running away with a playoff, right? I didn't see us clinching the playoffs. And I think Cubs fans are that way in 2015. And I think those are some of the most fun years. There's, there's no um, expectation yet of being one of the best teams in baseball. So you enjoy it. And then the next year you come back with huge expectations. So we'll see how the White Sox deal with that and how they deal with the playoffs this year. Uh, but it's just been, yeah, they're ahead of schedule, I think. Now it's different because – what would they have won over 162? Would they have fallen off here and, and just kind of 188? Would they have won uh, consistently and been a 90-plus, you know, 100-win team? Not quite sure, but they are ahead of schedule uh, based on what we thought. Now, now they still got some holes. Their pitching isn't quite where it needs to be yet, but uh, this lineup's definitely one of the best in baseball. As you line up your pitching for the playoffs, 1-2, who are they? Well, assuming Keuchel is healthy, it's Giolito Keuchel, which he, I, I feel he's lovely. About. He's lovely to watch, and he, he he reminds me of Hendricks, only from the other side. Are you talking about Keuchel or Giolito? Well, Keuchel, I just yeah, I, no, I, I no. mean he he is he doesn't throw hard, but he just gets people out. 
Yeah, no, he's he's kind of professor like I agree with you, Warren, and and that's nice to have a guy with that kind of playoff experience. And then Giolito's a hell of a story, guys, because mm-hmm. two years ago, uh, Giolito had the worst ERA of starters in baseball, and now he's one of the top twelve starting pitchers in baseball. So uh, the the Sox rolled with him; they let him make mistakes, and you know I know James McCann uh, is big big influence on him as a catcher, but um, it, it's been phenomenal to see. But after that, that's where you get to Dylan Cease, who's been very inconsistent, doesn't have good control, and probably at this point, guys, Dane Dunning, um, who's, who's a rookie, uh, who's playing at this level, and I, I don't even know who our fifth guy would be at this point, uh, to be honest with you, uh, because we've had some key injuries to guys like Carlos Rodon and, and Michael Kopech has is, is opted out this year. So uh, that no days off in the playoffs this year is definitely going to impact the White Sox. And, and that's what gives me pause about what they'll do in the postseason, just because as great as the lineup is, as good as your one, two starters are, um, there's still huge questions about your pitching depth. Lord and I often uh, text each other during a Cardinal game. We, we know each other is watching the Cardinal game. And I texted him the other night uh, when the Cardinals were going sinking like the Titanic <laughs> in, in a game. And he said, don't bother me. He said, I'm a White Sox fan. <laughs> <laughs> did I say that? Yeah, something like that. I guess that. I did, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's well, fun to watch it. We, we need all the fans we can get. Join the bandwagon. That's we're right. Not, we're, not, we're not one of those fan bases who's uh, too good for that. Um, <laughs> no, jo- jo- they're fun, right? They're just so much fun to watch. I mean, Luis Robert, we haven't mentioned him yet. He's in a little bit of a slump now, but he's, I mean, he's one of the most exciting players the White Sox have ever had just because – He's going through a slump, yet he's still valuable because he's so good defensively, so fast on the base pass. And when he does hit a ball, he hits it a mile. Um, and then they're just young. They, they love the game. I think you can see the fun they're having uh, in the game. And, and then a guy, Jose Abreu, who I, I didn't even love that contract in the offseason, guys. Um, he's having an MVP season, and he seems so rejuvenated after playing on such bad teams for so long that to see him having this year and having the fun that he's having, it's great because he deserves it. He's, he's been one of the better hitters in baseball for the last decade that no one talks about because well, he's been on the White who's Sox. Who's going to challenge him for MVP? I think if you talk to a lot of White Sox fans, some of them might say Tim Anderson deserves it more than, than Jose Abreu because Tim Anderson has been the catalyst of it all. He's probably going to win his – second um, batting title in a row, which has been an amazing uh, rise for him because he, he misses uh, he misses the ball so much. He swings and misses so much, but he does make a lot more contact the last couple of years. He's got a lot of pop. Uh, he's great on the base pass, and he's been pretty good defensively as well. But I think it's Mike Trout. Um, it's, it's just because of his, Trout's team is it so bad that people uh, vote for the guy who's on the, the most interesting team in the league or – um, is it they're just tired of voting for Mike Trout? Like Trout should have three more MVPs, but people just get sick of voting for him, just kind of like LeBron in the NBA. Another couple of minutes with uh, Jeremy Warner. Let's go back to college. When uh, the football games start, basketball practice will have begun, and we've got a start date for that of November 25th. It's going to be uh, an exciting couple of months when those uh, sports cross over. Yeah, four games of yeah. uh, football right in basketball season. Right. Yeah, I think we're all going to be maybe complaining about it then, but uh, I won't be because we've been <laughs> struggling for content for so long and just hoping for things to come back. But, yeah, November's always a busy time, but uh going to be especially busy. But, I mean, Warren, you'd be better at this than me. Uh, I mean, for Illinois, it's going to be the most, as, as long as football doesn't drop the ball too much early on, 
this November is going to be in December going to be the most, you know, I guess anticipated uh, falls slash winters that we've seen for Illini athletics in a long time with a top 10 preseason team that legitimately has a chance to win the big 10. And I think a football team that can, you know, maybe for the first time in a decade have a 500 big 10 record. Uh, I mean, it's, it's gotta be exciting for Illini fans that they're at least going to try to make this a reality that it seems like we're actually going to get these seasons because Josh Whitman and Lovey Smith and Brad Underwood have been building this to this for so long it would have been a shame, uh, understand, understandably during the pandemic, but it would have been a shame to not be able to see those things even in shortened seasons. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the basketball team, the first thing I think about is how good Iowa is, how good Michigan State will definitely be, how good Wisconsin. I mean, this is going to be a this is going to be a tight race. I mean, Illinois might be a a co favorite. I'll go that far, but. I don't. I wouldn't call them a favorite. I think that there's too many good teams in there, and I think the Big Ten's going to have what I would call a banner year for them. Although I mean, they might not have anybody ranked in the top two or three in, in the in the country, but they're going to have a bunch of teams. They're just like last year. They're going to have a bunch of teams in the top twenty-five. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, does Warren? Does it remind you of the late the late eighties, the the eighties when yeah. the Big Ten was was loaded? And and the one thing I'll say about Iowa, I love Iowa. I mean, who, who's not going to love? having the best player in the country coming back and the offense they have is one of the best in the country. Uh, Illinois was better than them last year. Right. And uh, Iowa doesn't play a lot of defense. So I I think Iowa, Illinois, Michigan state, Wisconsin, those are probably your co-favorites. That's your top four, but that's what makes the big 10 so much fun is you get down to Rutgers, you get down to Maryland. Like those teams are are still going to be pretty good. And Michigan can be really good. And, um, I know people are looking over Michigan State right now, but they could win the Big Ten again. Uh, they're talented enough to do that. Um, outside of Northwestern Nebraska, I think every team can beat you. And, and for, as a fan, I enjoy that. I would rather see my team go through that leading into an NCAA tournament. Jeremy, uh, good to catch up with you. Hopefully uh, we'll bump into you in person here in the next month or so. Thanks. Yeah, catch up in the playoffs, guys. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> go White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> see you. Thank you very much. Jeremy Warner. 247sports.com is where you can find his work in covering the Fighting Illini. 1047, we'll take a break and be back with more Illini Fellow Saturday Sports Talk. We'll keep the phone line open, 356-9397, back after this. Ten fifty WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Illini Pellas Saturday Sports Talk, 10 minutes left, 356-9397 is the number if you want to check in with us and offer your comments on anything that might be on your mind. The Big Ten football schedule announced this morning. If you haven't heard that already, let us know. We'll pass it on to you. But some other things going on. Play is underway at the U.S. Open out in New York at the Wingfoot. The um, Wingfoot Club, the leaders won't go until early to mid-afternoon, but uh, Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau will be paired together. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and, you know, this is a course that can be handled if two things. One, if there's not too much wind. Two, if you can hit the ball in the fairway. If you hit the ball in the fairway, you got a chance to play these holes, Steve. If you hit it out of the fairway, you just your chances of parring the hole are go down sharply. Yeah, and if you miss the green... You don't have to miss the green by much. Yeah, you can't it, find the ball. I don't like it. it when the when the green is right connected to, to rough. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> where you can't see your shoe tops. Well, I mean, if you just barely miss the green, you, you ought to have a nice chip shot. But some some of those cases, you miss the green by a couple of yards, and you're deep in the hole. Some other golf-related uh, mentions. Golf is making a comeback. Yeah, it is. 20% up in the country. Is that yep. what you hear? Mm-hmm. And it's good. And matter of fact, if you're out and about today, you want to stop by Savoy National, the orange and blue courses down at Savoy. There's some good college players in town playing the orange. Yeah. Saw some of them practicing there yesterday, including some Illinois guys. They're playing those back tees. They're playing the tips. Oh, man. It, it might be fun just to go down and and see how those guys play. Yeah. And uh, it's a different game. You bet. You For, bet. The way they, they hit, hit the ball. They hit it so far. It's a different sound when they hit the ball. But it's, <laughs> Uh, that's going on today and tomorrow on the Orange Course. Hey, uh, we got a caller that asks, uh, has there been any talk about bowl games? And the answer is we don't know any more than, you know, than we did before. There will probably be bowl games. I mean, I don't know why there wouldn't if they can set up the, the stadiums, you know, and make them safe. And what would you have to be to be bowl eligible or is there – but a the, bowl eligible. Maybe the bowls just pick who they want. And well, uh, there won't be as look. There won't be as many right. for sure. And uh, there, you can still have the game on TV, which is worth something to everybody. But no fans, surely. I would think there'd be no fans. But this would be, you know, late December or in the first of the year. And I, I don't know. Um, I haven't heard much on bowls. Have you? I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard no. other than. Uh, I, uh, some of the smaller bowls definitely will be closed down. I hadn't thought about bowls one bit. <laughs> I just wanted to see if it's going to be a season. Yeah. Leading up to maybe some bowl games. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. One other golf note. Earlier this week, you may have seen that uh, the uh, U of I got a $5 million donation. Sure did. That uh, earmarked for um, what was formerly known as Stone Creek, now the Adkins Golf Club at the University of Illinois. So that's some nice uh, out-of-the-gate operating money as they get that course ready. They hope to open it uh, next year, next spring. Well, I, I heard that they had, quote, run out of money. That That's not no. going to happen in golf. They're, they're, when I say run out of money, I mean run out of money to do the work at Stone Creek that Mike Small thinks needs to be done in terms of lengthening the holes and narrowing the fairways and improving the, the greens. Uh, it takes a lot of money to do that. Let's be clear. Goat, uh, uh, Stone Creek was never a goat ranch. No, no. It's a great layout. They're just going to make it better. Yeah. Going to make it tougher. Going to make some changes there. Real quick, Marty, we're running out of time, but you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Marty in North Carolina, South Carolina, Morning, wherever you are. Steve. Well, I'm, I'm around somewhere, Steve. <laughs> um, interesting that the Cardinals are going down to the wire on this playoff thing. And uh, it's a good thing that Cincinnati and the Brewers play before the Brewers come to St. Louis. And Cincinnati's also got the White Sox and Cleveland. But it's looking like St. Louis might have to play that doubleheader up in Detroit the day after the season ends if it means a playoff spot. Right. And yeah. that's gonna, that will really screw up pitching going into the playoff because there's not going to be extra days. That's right. But their pitching that, that is already screwed up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, who else can get injured is the question. I, I shouldn't say that, knock on wood. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm impressed that 
Ponce de Leon has come back after an awfully rough start and thrown well a couple times around, and maybe they'll have just enough to get it done. And uh, Reyes is almost looking like himself too, but gosh, I don't I don't know how they're going to have enough pitching for this many games. Well, Flaherty's not looking like himself yet. No. No, well, you knew that when when Flaherty didn't start the first game when they came off the COVID, you knew there was something, something else going wrong. on. Yeah. yeah, we don't know what because it is they yet. Made him, yeah, they made him the last guy to throw in the rotation. You'd never do that with a guy. So something else was going on, and they're not telling anybody. That's right. <laughs> hey, Marty, good they're stuff. On the Lovey, they're on the Lovey Smith approach. We're not going <laughs> to discuss. Keep, mum's the word. Thanks, Marty, That's for the right. call. We appreciate it. We'll take one final break. We'll be back with some final words on Illini Fellas Saturday Sports Talk here on DWS. Got about a minute left here on the show, Illini Fellas Saturday Sports Talk. Mr. Tate, the Bears and the Giants. Bears and the Giants. Play Sunday, Soldier Field. Who you got? Well, I'm a, I'm a Bear fan, so I'm going to pull for the Bears. You have it. I think the Bears are going to be all right, I'm, but I, they were lucky last week to get by, and, and uh, but maybe uh, that fourth quarter will uh, maybe they can go on from there. Three you, touchdowns in the fourth quarter, Steve. You haven't jumped off the Bears bandwagon like you have the Cardinals? Well, I'll jump off of it if they start losing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, No, Mr. listen, Tate. the Cardinals got two chances out of four to get in the playoffs, as I see it right well, now. They're tied with three other teams, I mean, pretty much – Deadlock, and they just got. I've said all along, you got to get over 500. Yep. If you can't get over 500, you shouldn't be in a bowl game, right? You shouldn't be in a in the playoffs. That's going to take care of the show. Thanks to Justin Spring, Rod Smith, Glenn Mason, Jeremy Warner, and the folks that called. We'll talk to you again next week on WDWS Champagne Urbana. Steve Kelly for everybody here. Have a good weekend, everybody.